0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. Crash Plan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to Crashplan.com slash boss project for 50% off your first year of Crash Plan. That's CrashPlan.com slash bossproject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Plan. Today on the podcast, we have Parker Stevenson of Evolved Finance. He has been our
1: bookkeeper for mm-hmm. and our work husband.
0: Yes, for a long time. We love and respect this man with a lot, and he's done a lot for our business behind the scenes. But today... a great it's, friend. Like, it's just the Parker show. <laughs> it's the Parker show. But he's our perhaps maybe most returning guest ever. And today we have a little bit of different spin on
1: things. Yes, we are talking about launch launch and launching how to cash flow that launch when you're ready for a launch when you might not be ready for a launch questions to ask yourself to prep for a launch how to pay yourself after a launch really all of the things that are probably swirling around your head right before you press like the publish button on the new thing that you're working on that you wish you could ask someone and what better person to ask than a bookkeeper who is like super into finances and you being mega profitable so I would love for you to give this a listen if you have any any launch planned on the horizon, or if it's something that you think that you might be doing this year, because I think it's going to get you in a really good headspace. We have a ton of free resources that we talk about towards the back half of the show. So make sure you listen to the end because we're quoting other episodes that you need to give a listen to from Parker and from other friends of ours. Resources to watch, resources to listen to, to download, all of the amazing things. Parker is an open book. And so he talks about his launching mistakes. We bring up even some of the things that we regret or wish we could have done differently back from when we first started launching launching four and a half years ago. So this one's a listen. I cannot wait for you to dive in. Hey, Parker, welcome back to the show.
2: Ladies, thank you for having me.
1: Uh, I think we need to have like a special music segment right now for our fourth time returning guest. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) I know. We only have you back because it's an excuse
0: to talk to you for an hour and other Mm -hmm. people get to listen. But hey,
2: And I'm all about that too. Any excuse to talk (laughs) to you both is always going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we're excited to talk today a little bit more about launching and specifically like the financial side of launching that maybe you're not totally sure how it's supposed to work, especially in the earlier stages of business and how you could prepare cash flow, all of that to be ready for your first substantial launch. Yeah, so. Parker
1: has like the inside scoop on a lot of businesses oh, yeah. and how they launch both like starting out because when he gets to know people, you're talking about how, you know, their launches used to go. And I feel like you're in so many people's businesses that are similar to where, you know, our audience wants to go eventually. And so I think that the insight that, yeah, for that sure. you have is really helpful. So let's talk about friggin' launching.
2: Yeah. And just for some context, for those that haven't heard any of my past episodes on this podcast, I essentially run a bookkeeping business specifically for online businesses, a lot of course creators and the new sort of hybrid course coaching models that we see. So that's kind of why we're talking about this today, because like Emily said, we've seen the numbers behind so many launches, even clients' books before we started doing their books. And so that does give, I think, unique perspective Mm -hmm. that I personally don't think numbers are talked about enough in the online business space because we're only talking about sales. And as you two know, there's so much more to Mm -hmm. running a business than just selling, right? Oh,
0: yeah. Revenue is fantastic, but... I care about mm-hmm. what's left mm-hmm. after.
1: Well, And I don't even think like this is the actually the second time this phrase has kind of been brought up today because we had another amazing interview with our friend Justine this morning where she was talking about like cash flowing your business and cash flowing a launch and cash flowing this. And I know that now, like I obviously have known what that means and what that is, but going into year five now of business, I understand truly how crucial that is to a growing business and the role that it can play in both helping and hurting you. And so I think that if I, you know, everyone always asks, like, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing or teach yourself one thing, it would be really truly about understanding that even more. When I first started, when I decided to launch, when I decided to scale, when I decided to ramp up anything. And so I think that having these conversations really early, if you guys are planning a launch for even this summer or like early spring, it's never too late to start thinking about cash flowing that launch and really thinking about the bigger implications of doing it. And so I'm interested to hear your kind of tips and tricks for people.
2: Yeah, cuz I mean cash flow is just essentially for those that are kind of maybe not super familiar with the term, um it, it's essentially just like the time it takes for money to go in and out of your business. Yeah. Whether it's money going out as an expense to a contractor or software or whether it's money going out to pay you so you can Pay your rent and make a living from your business. And so, with cash flow, you know, there are two sides of it. We have, are we generating revenue consistently enough? And if you're listening and you're doing your first launch, you're like, well, I hope so. I hope I'm going to be generating some consistent revenue. And that's fine. But to get in front of cash flow, a lot of it is planning, it's actually thinking ahead to plan what you think is going to happen down the line. And the reality is, which is there's some forecasting and budgeting, I guess, that ties into cash flow. Like I kind of use all of those terms sort of, maybe not interchangeably, but they all seem to come up with each other when we have these conversations. Because, you know, I think as your business gets going and you have customers and you're starting to push for more sales, it's very Mm -hmm. easy to just react to what's going on in your business. And you're just constantly going, okay, when do I, you know, launching when you feel like you need to launch, spending money when you think you need to spend money. And there's a certain amount of that you can't avoid, right? Like you do have to be agile. You have to react to the needs of the business. But ultimately, if you're having your first launch, like figuring out at least beforehand, like, okay, here's my list size or here's how big my social media following is. Here's how many sales I want to make and maybe have an, here's my big goal for what I think I can do. And here's the minimum I think that I can absolutely knock out of the park and start to figure that out. And then just associating that launch with the expenses that are going to be a part of that. Then you can see, okay, here's how much money I think I'm going to have left over. And then from there, it's like, well, how long until I do this again is there enough money left over that I can still pay for my expenses over the next few months until I have to do this again and, or until next month when you do it again? And I think that's ultimately something that is scary for a lot of entrepreneurs because the reality of those numbers can be a little disheartening when you're starting because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, that money's not going to last very long or I'm not right. keeping as much money as maybe I thought. Like It sounds great to have a... You know, ten thousand dollar launch, but in reality, I'm gonna keep like four thousand of them. You're it only doing and- that
1: once a year. <laughs>
2: yeah. And if you're only doing that once a year, exactly, then it starts to feel like it can stack, like yeah. the pressure can stack on top of that. But it's I think it's just really important to understand number one, like what are we trying to achieve here, which is a profitable business. Yeah. Okay, we got profitable on this launch, but then when do I need to do this again? Cause that's how a full-time business comes to being is by figuring out a way to repeatedly bring this revenue in, get more efficient at bringing this revenue in. So cash flow becomes less and less of an issue because you have more reliable means to keep your business going.
1: Well, and what I think that our listeners try to do, our students try to do is – they have a business that maybe is not bringing in consistent money yet. They've got a, like maybe a client here, client every quarter, and they're just trying to figure out what to do. And everyone wants to dip their toe into passive income and they think that, okay, well, if this isn't recurring and this isn't reliable money, meaning services or whatever the thing that you're currently selling, then my passive income will be. And I will launch this thing and then I will just have five to 10 K a month forever and ever. And then I can figure out what this business actually is. And I'm just like, what? That doesn't work. And so coming from someone who has so many eyes in, I guess you only have your eyes, but into (laughs) businesses who have been successful. So they are on the other side of they launched their first thing and then they figured it out, right? After a couple of years or whatever, like, what are you seeing? When is the right time to launch? I guess is the biggest question for everyone.
2: Yeah, I think... The right time to launch is when you need the money because sometimes, if, especially if you're living off of mm-hmm. your business, then you have to do what you need to do to generate cash flow. And so, you know, ideally we're launching in a more strategic manner because the business is, if you're more established and you can predict a little more how well your launches are going to do, then great. But yeah. when you're just starting, I think so many entrepreneurs are afraid to make the ask put the offer out there more that honestly, it's not even necessarily mm-hmm. about launching. And especially if you're a service-based business, like we never have a launch at all Finance. I am always selling. I am constantly selling because we can, a service-based business can do that because you don't need to drive the volume. If you are selling courses or something more along those lines, digital products, then yes, maybe you can't be launching every single day and wearing out your email list or wearing out your social media, but there does need to be some sort of strategic plan around, okay, I'm going to launch on this date and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to give my audience three or four weeks or whatever, you know, maybe it's a month or a couple months, whatever it is. Like that's the kind of stuff that you have to kind of understand about your own business. But the reality is, is until You get either organic traffic going or you're paying for traffic, or you just have enough momentum behind your social media or your content that you have regular traffic coming to your offer. You just have to be out there talking about your offer and getting people to buy in. And so, having cohesive, like focused periods of the year where it's quote unquote a launch, great. But even if you're selling a digital product, I still think it's important to be selling even when you're not selling. And that doesn't mean you getting on, you know, sending out a bunch of emails, but it does mean using your social media. It does mean cultivating your email list. It means, you know, a lot of the things that I know you two talk to your audience about the more marketing stuff.
1: Totally.
2: Doing podcast interviews,
1: like getting out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you bring up a
0: solid point that's worth repeating is that for a lot of you, you listen to this episode because you thought maybe launching is what you were supposed to do. But if you are in a service-based business, and the majority of your income is coming from services, launching, quote unquote, in the traditional sense, could actually hurt your business, in my opinion. I think you're better served having a very clear sales funnel that... like. Even if it's you hopping on the phone, are you going to see someone in person so that your people can be in their own place in your sales process so that you are selling all the time? Because if you're not selling in volume or bulk, then you need new clients to make up your income. But you also need less clients than you do when you're selling digital or like smaller products because they're usually at a lower price point. So... I think in what we're talking about today, the launching, you're probably... We're talking about launching something that is slightly more, quote unquote, passive. And I hate that term because none of it's passive. Launching is a very active process. But we're talking about things that perhaps you only make once. And then you are selling them on a launching schedule, like he's saying, maybe three or four times a year, maybe more often, maybe less often, just we kind of every two
1: depend- weeks for a
0: year. Oh, like- totally. It just depends on what makes sense for your business. So if we're looking at that, knowing that like, okay, this is something we're not necessarily going to have to go fulfill a service on the back end. It's a developed product we can deliver, whether that's a physical item, a course or whatever. I have a... F- Fairly clear idea of what I want to launch. But like when I start to like back out on the numbers, I'm... Should I be preparing to launch a month from now? Should I... Like, how do I even decide when the next one is? And I know you mentioned cash flow, but like, these people need more instruction, Parker. So like...
2: (laughs) And that's perfect. So I got it right on top of my head here of the answer to that, because the reality is if you have expenses in your business, we have to cover those expenses every month. If you're not bringing in enough revenue to cover those expenses, you need to be selling. So if your business is just getting started and you have $1,000 a month in expenses, well, then the pressure is going to be lower than if you had $20,000 or $50,000 a month in expenses. So the reality is is as your business gets more established and you have more regular operating expenses, your software, contractors – Coaching, whatever it is that you're investing in your business, then that number is going to guide you of how hard you need to push every month to sell. Now, if you have a quote unquote launch for a more digital product based business, and and I don't even want to use the word passive because don't even get me started on that word as it is, because I can assure you, none of our clients have passive income. Like they're all hustling their butts off to do it. But the reality is, though, is that if you have these expenses that you know you have to cover every month, number one, you need to know what they are. Like you have to actually sit down and go – and for a smaller business, it's easy, especially if you're just getting started. But if you have a launch, maybe you can cover those expenses for four months. And so you go, you know what? That's going to give me four months of time. To focus on creating more content, focus on honing my product or my service, my funnel. But if your launch only covers you for Mm -hmm. one month, then guess what? You're going to need to probably launch again and push to cover. Because I just think at the very least, Mm -hmm. even if I were starting a new business, I want to drive enough revenue to cover my expenses every month. Even if I have a side gig, I'm still working somewhere else. I have a full-time job. My goal is I don't want this business to cost me money. And the reality is if you have that as a motivator to cover your – costs every month, it's going to push you and force you out of your comfort zone to actually sell. And that's the piece that I think our clients got very comfortable with early on in their businesses is they're not afraid to ask for the offer. They're not afraid to put themselves out there. They're not afraid to put offers out there to see what fits and what works best and change the course. If they're like, you know what, this offer isn't as good as I thought. I need to adjust maybe the program I'm selling, or I need to adjust the service, but just reacting and going and doing and getting feedback. But at the very least, Generating income mm-hmm. to cover their expenses. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's important. This is an active process. Like, this is you doing and thinking less about the consequences. And I know mm-hmm. in a recent episode that we talked about beers versus doers, and those beers, sometimes you're going to have to force yourself. To just do the thing, mm-hmm. even if it's uncomfortable, but not, you don't have time to think about it. Like you just have to like jump in head first. And so with this, it could be okay, well, I know what that is. I know what my expenses are and I want to cover it for X amount of months, but mm-hmm. I'm going to just say that the majority of you are going to be way more motivated if you also get to pay yourself. So, like, even if it's a small amount, like some of you, you would be like blown away with 500 extra bucks. So like, okay, let's say our expenses are $500 a month and we want to make $500 a month. Well, if we made $4,000, we could pay us ourselves $500 a month and pay our expenses for four months. But you don't know that unless you sit down to figure out what those numbers are. And now armed with Okay, I know I want to generate 4 grand. Well, how many of the thing do you need to sell to generate 4 grand? And is that even realistic based on your audience size and your social following and your email list?
2: Because the reality is, is when you're getting started, start, there's a lot of sweat oh, equity. Oh, totally. And what I mean by that, if you're not familiar with the term, it's just time. It's you investing time into growing your audience, learning the skills you need to learn, oh, yeah. honing your offer, figuring out how you can serve people. Because I think a lot mm-hmm. of the insecurity comes from, have I actually developed a service or a product? that is actually going to provide value to my customer, right? And if you're brand new at this, and especially if you've only worked for somebody else, I get it. Like, it's a little intimidating. Mm -hmm. But as we were just saying, the only way to figure out how to better serve your customers is by putting yourself out there and asking and serving. And if you put your time and attention into making sure whatever experience you're getting, even if you're... The course or the service you're offering right now isn't the same one you're going to offer two years from now as your business grows and you become more successful. It doesn't matter. There's a learning process. And as long as you're just there to make it right for your customers, no matter what that looks like, and you're willing to do the work and put in the hustle to take care of those people and give them a good experience, even if you don't feel as buttoned up as you want, like – that's essentially how Evolve Finance, that's how our business grew, is we used to do all the things for all of our clients. And as we got better at what we do, and we learned more about how we can provide value, you take stuff off, you yeah. focus on the things that provide the most value, and yeah. you get rid of the stuff that doesn't provide as much value. Like take There's so many things off. you will figure out in the process, yeah. but you have to be a doer in order to do that, hence the launching. Like If you're getting ready for your first launch, like just going through the process of launching if you haven't done yeah. it before- is going to teach you so much about your market. It's going to teach you so much about your customers. It's going to teach you so much about yourself. It's going to teach you about your system. There's. It's going to be the foundation so for much. how you can start getting feedback on this whole entrepreneur thing and figure out how you can make the adjustments to continue to move forward from there.
0: So I'd love to know from your perspective, because mm-hmm. you have way more historical data than the rest of us, do you see the majority of people who are launching for the first time especially when they're early on in their business, are they doing what I would refer to as like a free or organic traffic only launch? Or are you seeing people invest in ads right away or invest in XYZ to make their launch go better? Like, Or are you seeing them grassroots as much as possible? What's the trend?
2: It's mostly grassroots for almost everyone that gets started. I mean, no one here is, you know, none of our clients had seed funding, you know, no one had like, here's a hundred grand, start investing in ads and grow your business. Everyone's starting from scratch. And that's where some of the grassroots marketing tactics Mm -hmm. used in social media and email list building and just like networking in general, like just getting putting yourself out there, connecting with other entrepreneurs, connecting with your audience and your market. And again, that's where I think a service-based business, there is a little more of an advantage there because you can use a network to grow your business a lot faster than when you're selling horses. Yeah.
1: Do you all hear that? Those of you who forget that, you can use a network to grow your service-based business. You don't need an online audience. Use your network of the people you already know. Okay. And to
2: kind of jump on that, Emily is, you know, with Evolve (laughs) Finance, you know, we've grown to be a very healthy business. I'll say that. And we've never (laughs) spent, like, we're just now really considering ads as a service-based business, because providing a really good service for our clients has been the best marketing tool we have. Yes. And one of the things that one of our biggest clients who does sell courses They do very well and they're very known in their niche and in their industry. And I was talking to one of them about like, what has been so great about your marketing? Like, why do you guys Mm -hmm. market so much better than everyone else? And they just said, because our product's really good. A lot of times people spend so much time trying to market and advertise something that is okay. Something that's there, but it's not like ground like Mm -hmm. really providing the results that they're promising in the program again whether it's a service or a course so that's why again kind of breaking it down to um getting into a grassroots mindset of putting the hustle in in the early stages of your business to even just grow your list to 100 people you know get your social media however you want to connect and communicate with your audience you have to start somewhere and you don't need ads in order to do that, you can build a six-figure business without ads. It's just as you get past that mark, if you want to continue to grow and reach some different Mm -hmm. goals, then yeah, people are going to start spending more money on ads. But you need to start making money Mm -hmm. first to have money to spend on ads. And that money will come from just getting down Mm -hmm. and dirty with your customers, learning what they want delivering that value to them in whatever way you yep. think is best and generating cash flow, making the asks, doing the launches, putting yourself out there. Like that's the only way you could really even start thinking about advertising yep. unless you just are sitting on a ton of money and you're a really experienced <laughs> And I still
1: wouldn't person. do it because you don't know anything. No, like, I would never. Would I would never be a do waste it either. Of money.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> like and if- I think if you're at this point and you're feeling like, well, you know, I listened to this because I thought I was ready to launch, but now I'm feeling like I need to like, you know, maybe work on my services a little more. Then I think you need to listen to the last episode Parker yeah. did because he talked a lot about scaling a service-based business. Like, do and, should you even launch at all? Because it's a very different process. Mm-hmm. Like I've been launching, I mean, since I met Emily, basically, mm-hmm. which was four and a half years ago. And I didn't know anything about launching when we started, but like we got excited about 12 people showing up to a webinar four and a half years ago. And now I'm like bummed out if 350 don't get their butt (laughs) inside my webinar. So like things change and your expectations change and all of that's normal. Yeah. But like, if you're just getting started, like allow yourself to just get be getting started. Like you don't need to be looking mm-hmm. at these six figure launches and lusting over them. No. Like, just yes. do the thing, learn a bunch, yeah, no. and do it again. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: I did services for three-ish years before I created a digital product. And I think what I sold like less than $500 the first time I did it, but it was a grassroots, no money backed behind it whatsoever type of launch. And I know Abby and I have talked about this before. Park, I'd be interested to see if you have a launching mistake you wish you could redo knowing what you know now, but mine for sure, for sure, 100,000% would be, I think we like gave up on a product Mm -hmm. sooner than we should have. Yes. And so like we launched the same thing for like eight months and then made something new and then made Mm -hmm. something new and then made something new. When in reality, like that product, we still have, we still sell it. It's under a new name. It's been a different price. It's been updated, et cetera, has pulled amazing weight in our business. And I can just imagine like if we had just focused on that for longer and better, like just how much easier our business could have been or like more successful that product would have been.
2: Yeah. And I think that's an easy trap to get into when you start to build an audience. Cause you guys have such an amazing following with the podcast and your social media and your email. Well, and they're there.
1: like, make this. And I want this. And this sounds good. I'm like, we can do all of that.
2: Yeah, we'll do it all. <laughs> and here's the thing. If you're just getting started, you may need to try a bunch of different yeah. offers to figure out what really resonates because at this point you're just guessing. Right. You're like, okay, I think a course in this or I think a service like, you know, like this will work and, and inevitably you will adjust it and you know, chisel it down to something more honed and impactful. But you're right that the more you can figure out what your main offer mm-hmm. is sooner, yeah. then the sooner you can get all of your marketing, all of your operations focused Yes. Just on getting that yes. one offer into as many people's ears and eyes as humanly yes. possible,
0: totally yes. well, can you tell the people mm-hmm. in the back that <laughs> that like, oh my gosh, the train just left the station, and I have no idea where it was oh, going? your brain I don't know <laughs> my brain it just disappeared anyways. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Let's simplify this for everybody a little bit. I think that's what we want is like, what should someone yeah. actually be taking away from this? Because we, I know <laughs> we're just kind of chatting and, and talking about a lot of concepts here. I think for someone who's just launching for the first time, if you do have a digital product business, just do it. Just do it. Like you just have to have the experience to do it and keep it as simple yeah. and as clean as possible. Simplicity is extremely underrated because especially with us working with a lot of more successful clients who have six and seven figure businesses it's easy to get in the trap and all like as a coach and advising as many clients as i do half the time i'm going stop it stop doing those things and just do this thing
1: never told us that before we are like so (laughs) focused we only have one thing going on ever
2: I've fallen yeah. for it. Corey and I have tried yeah. selling courses at one point. We made some money off of it, and I'm glad we did it because we learned. Yeah. But it did slow yeah. our progress down because it's there's so much you can be doing as a business owner that mm-hmm. it's distracting and it's ineffective. And I think the more you can just simplify the launch process, simplify your offer. Simplify the process of the way you deliver that offer, like whatever it may be, like don't overcomplicate it. You can add complexity later to your marketing, to your operations as the business needs it and demands it. But to add that complexity before you need to, it's not necessary, especially in your early stages. Keep your launches Mm -hmm. simple. Keep your offer simple. You can build that complexity. But at the end of the day, if you've never actually put your offer out there yet, like Mm -hmm. I know there's gonna be lots of other business coaches and whoever telling you to do it. But the three of us here are telling you the only way you're going to start to move forward yeah. in your entrepreneur career is yeah. to put your offer yeah. out there. And once, oh, you, yeah. and once you do it, even yeah. if it sucks and you Great. sell nothing yeah. and you go, okay, good. Yeah. That's feedback. Yes. What can I learn from that? And how can I get better on that?
0: Well, and here's the trap that I don't want you to fall into. And in what I was going to say, and then the train left the station. Well, the train's back. Um, <laughs> it is, you have to sell it before you make it on your initial offer. Like, I I've love. seen so many people waste so much time building out their offer. Like building it, like actually making everything that goes behind the sign. Yeah,
1: please know that you can actually provide value and like what you're going to sell. But please don't mess with the tech. Don't record the videos. Don't buy the fancy camera. Don't upgrade to your like education platform. Don't do any of that bullshit before you've actually sold it. You can stay up for three days straight if you have to. I wouldn't advise it. You don't need to. But like if you sell a shit ton on your launch and you're like, oh my God, next week, like you could make that work because you will, because you're that type of person, right? Don't stress out for six months about making it and putting a pretty bow on it and then delivering it to crickets. Yeah.
0: Because I've just seen, like he's saying, like you might need to test it. And I have seen people go out and launch something and sell none. And they they, they
1: spent so much money making it. And I'm just like, sweet baby angel. (laughs) Well, Well, and and like, it might just have been one
0: thing. It might not be the offer itself. Sorry, Parker, Mm -hmm. go ahead. What's up?
2: I think you guys are making really great points because, and that's where, again, I don't know if you guys are pushing your audience to get into service-based businesses, but that's where... I think if you're a copywriter and you're really good copywriter, get copywriting clients, learn their needs, learn your industry, find your niche. And then you can, if you really want to move to something digital down the road, because it makes sense, then great. But if you're, or if you're a web designer and you're like, oh, I could do a web design course, but it's like, if you build up a business... It's a whole other audience, by the way. It is a completely different audience. But if you can at least build up a business delivering the value in the way you know how to deliver it, well, then that's a really great step to quitting your Mm -hmm. job because you can start to build a network, build a customer base, start to understand the market, understand the pain points of your customers. And then down Mm -hmm. the road, if you need to find a digital version of that, great. But unless... Like I think the one exception would be is if you've been in an industry for a really long time, you've developed a skill set over a really long time in a different area and it's like, you know, I've been the chief knitter at a knitting <laughs> company or something and you're like, nobody knows anything.
1: Course on that.
2: Oh, we have a client that is a quilting. Business, so like, but if so, if you've been doing that for twenty years, and you're like, I have all this knowledge to share, then great. Maybe doing workshops, like doing your first workshop, and do something live where you don't have to record a whole thing upfront. But otherwise, doing one on one stuff to begin with, you can Mm -hmm. make the transition later on. But if you have the desire to start to build confidence as an entrepreneur and build your entrepreneurial chops, I guess so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to exercise that muscle.
1: Yeah. Well, and for the love, like you do not have to make a course that teaches other business owners how to do something. Like those are not the only courses that are available in the world. So like one of our friends, Sarah, many years ago, what her very first course was on like trapeze something or another because she was like in the actual circus. And so she made this course for people who wanted to learn like how to do it. And eventually she grew silk ropes and stuff. Yeah, She grew that as an actual business and then decided to like teach Pinterest or different things in business. But like, she didn't start there. So like, I feel like everyone turns around and is like, here's an Instagram course on how to grow your following. And I'm brand new. I'm like, just there's other things. Everyone (laughs) wants to know everything. Like,
2: And that's a really good point because you can be building your audience while you're doing Mm -hmm. one-on-one work, while you're Mm -hmm. doing group work. So you're generating cash flow off of a small group of people who you've built trust with and who have been willing to invest with you. And then as you're doing that, you're doing your content, you're doing uh, your social media, you're doing all the marketing stuff that we all want to be doing to grow our audience. And so – you know. Instead of waiting to put an offer out there, you know, let's say you're selling a course for 200 bucks as an entry-level product and you have 100 people on your list. Well, guess what? You're going to have a really limited amount of revenue you can drive from that and you're going to spend all this time doing content marketing and all this stuff trying to get out there. Instead of spending time with your customers, spending time with your potential clients – to learn more about what they do, so you can speak to them better in your copy, you can speak better to them on your Facebook lives and your whatever you're doing to promote your business. So that's where, again, if you have a small audience, you can monetize that, but you have to have the right offer in the beginning in order to generate the cash flow you need to eventually leave your company. And especially keeping your expenses lower with a service based business is a lot yeah, easier. Yes. So, you we know, I, I think sometimes. We get caught up in the type of business we think we should eventually have. The reality is everyone has opportunities in front of them. Everyone has different strengths. Everyone has different weaknesses and everyone has different opportunities. Maybe you have a really strong network in your niche because of your last corporate job or maybe you, again, you've been doing a certain hobby for a really long time and you're an expert at it and you have a following already for that in social media. Like there's a million different scenarios you can put someone who's thinking about launching or thinking about getting their business off the ground. But the reality is, is you have to be self-aware enough and you have to be grounded enough in what your strengths are. to then go, okay, how can I help my customers the best right now and trust that down the road, I can change my business model to make it more scalable when I'm more experienced and I have more of a track record of getting results for my customers.
1: This is literally how we started. My very first course was specifically for photographers and how to make more money as a photographer using in-person sales. That's it. And, then and I let me guess you Abby. probably been
2: making money as yes. a photographer, which is why you're able to teach that.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. I was like, Oh, I have figured it out. And then when I met Abby, we made it more for creatives in general, because even after I sold it the first time, it was like literally for photographers. There were non photographers who bought it. And I was like, what are you doing here? And so we like <laughs> added some extra videos to talk just creatives in general, but it's like You can start super specific and just own that niche for a while. And then if you want to, if it makes sense, branch out.
0: Well, and if you're looking for like a step zero, like what should my first offer be? What should the first thing I launch be? What are some of the mistakes people are making? I have the desire to leave my full-time job. I thought launching was my answer, but it's sounding like it's Mm -hmm. not. Then I think you should check out our webinar. We have a workshop put together for you that walks you through what it takes. We're talking about the three biggest mistakes small business owners are making, and we are helping you lay out what that first offer might be. So it's called day job to Dream job. Wow. That is really hard to say, but it's basically (laughs) how to become a full-time creative entrepreneur. And you can go sign up for that, pick a time it's on demand. So you could go pause this, Mm -hmm. go watch right now over at bossproject.com slash dream
2: job. And I do think it's important for anyone who doesn't have a lot of business experience, but is skilled in whatever it is they do to get some sort of, like, that's the one thing all of our clients spend money on their education and their development. And that education and development changes as they grow and their businesses grow, but to think that, you know, you want to go into it, you know, start your own business and figure it all out on your own. That's the one thing that I'm always pushing people to do is at least get some sort of a support system, get some sort of an education yeah. around what it takes to run a business because it's a lot different game than just mm-hmm. showing up for your customers. That's half the battle, but there's this other half that to get educated on is going to speed up the process.
0: Well, and this is exactly mm-hmm. what we teach on and educate on in our signature program the Strategy Academy. We're talking to you about what that first offer is. And then when does it make sense to pivot? Some of you will pivot to a digital product at some point. And some of you might just pivot a little more in line with your passion. Like I know my first clients were not my ideal clients. But over time... I grew and got closer to where I wanted to be. But sometimes you just need that starting point. Honestly, you just need cash. It all comes down to cash. Y'all just want want money. money. You don't say you want money, but that's really what it comes down to.
2: And nobody should feel bad about that either because at the end of the day, money is what makes the world go round and no one should feel bad about making money doing something of value for others. And that's why I sell of all finance so hard is because if I could spend all day being on podcasts, being on webinars, just promoting what we do, like I would do it because I feel so strongly about the service we provide and the impact it makes on our customers' businesses and Mm -hmm. on their lives that I don't feel guilty for selling because for those that need it – We're going to change their business and we're going to change their lives to some degree. Mm -hmm. And so that's the confidence I hope everyone here will get, but you can't gain that sort of confidence until you go out there and start to put yourself out there and start to take action and interact with your customers. Don't sit behind your website. Don't sit behind writing only content, getting in front of your customers, talking with them and getting feedback from them is how you start improving the way you can provide value for them.
1: And if you need more help on selling, we just have resources out of our eyeballs for you. There's another episode that we did with our friend Andra Bolin. You'll have to maybe search for it, but she talks about her I relationship her. with she's selling. Great. She's amazing. How to her, like literally selling is love and selling is serving. And so if you need to rework your relationship with selling, that's a really good one to listen to.
2: And I've seen her work uh, firsthand. Yeah, she's she's really great. So I, I might have to go listen <laughs> yeah. to that myself.
1: Oh. She's she, like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well,
2: maybe I need to live on
0: some more people, but I think you're right though. And just to like hit home the point, the reason you are so okay with promoting your business is because you believe mm-hmm. in your offer so strongly. And for a long time, I thought it didn't matter what I thought about my offer that like, as long no, as other people to. saw value that it would be okay. But I will tell you. When you believe your Mm -hmm. ability to sell without selling essentially, like goes through the roof and Mm -hmm. Parker's right. His business is amazing and the value is amazing. And I will be a client as long as I have a business and he has a business. So, but you don't create that kind of relationship. By having a shitty service or by having a shitty offer, like what you were giving people, even if it's not totally like fleshed out and it's not perfect yet and you, you still have to tweak it and whatever, but like you knowing that it's
1: worth something to someone else and believing that with your whole heart, like that's first. Yep. It's episode 367, by the way. So if you guys after this one, want to go listen to it and I will also give you, there's a bunch from Parker as well. Like we said at the beginning of the show, this is his fourth time on. So you guys can go back all the way to episode 51, which means year 2017. We had Parker (sighs) on and he truly like dove into his bookkeeper role. So if you need to understand like bookkeeping, profit and loss statements, accounting, and like all the finance kind of stuff, Parker makes it fun. And then we've had Parker on two other times talking about scaling his service-based business one alone. So we like pick his brain about all the things that he wish he had done differently. And then one with our friend, Amy Northard, who also has a very similar business model. And they're both instead of selling courses or instead of branching out in an entirely different way, they're scaling the service-based business that they have one with a team and one with just like higher end products. And so that one is just really good to listen to depending on your, business. Because I feel like sometimes we think our options are like what everyone else is doing, right? I need to make a passive. I need to make a membership. I need to make this course. I need to do that. And your option, like you have so many options. So listen to them. They're good.
2: Yeah. And the best option you have right in front of you is the yep. one that's going to work the fastest yep. when you're just yep. getting started. Whatever is going to generate cash for you now, I promise you, like, I know some of you guys are like, no, I'm still going to do my, th-. no, do What works for your customers right now? I promise you can pivot. We've had so many clients start off with, including obviously you two, start off with service-based businesses that have pivoted to other business models. And the reality is too, from our perspective, everything's turning into a hybrid anyways. Everyone's like, even us, we're launching a course that's supporting our service-based clients. So we're not launching it externally, but it's a value add to make the customer experience for our clients even better. And so we're seeing more and more businesses combine a digital product with a service, with an agency model, with a group coaching model, whatever it is, your business is going to be supporting, but it doesn't have to be all in one. If you're, Mm -hmm. again, I know we're beating this to death. If you're focusing on serving your customers and giving them Mm -hmm. the results that you're promising them, you will have success. You can build, I don't care what your niche is. You can build a six figure a year business. You can build a $100,000 a year business, even if it's about ant farms. I don't know. That's the most random thing I could think of, but you have to start somewhere. And I do believe for most of you listening, some one-on-one service, you know, business model beginnings could be the best thing you do for your entrepreneur career to get it started.
0: So let's go into talk strategy to me. And if you could break down three to five action steps for someone who is, you know, maybe not overwhelmed by this episode and is actually ready to launch something, what are some things they need to be doing to prepare and look at their numbers so that they can cash flow and be ready for launching?
2: Yeah, I think the first thing is what we touched upon already. What are your expenses? Like figure it out. What have you been paying every month for software, any labor, any continuing education, I want you to get that paid for. So I think getting clear, because especially when your business is getting started, there's not a lot to go through. You know, if I had to ask you two to do that <laughs> yeah, without goodbye. us doing your bookkeeping, you'd be like, <laughs> screw you, I'm not going through all those statements of credit cards. Like that's mm-hmm. that would be insane. But for someone whose business is just getting started, there's not a whole lot to keep track of. Put it in a spreadsheet and use that as your initial guide to be like, I need to cover these expenses. And if you make that your central focus, that's a really strong motivator. When you see a tangible number in front of you to go, I need to figure out how to make X amount of dollars so I can cover these expenses. And I think when you get that number down, then the next thing I would do is then forecast. Go, okay, how many of like – I think, Abby you had said, how many of the thing I sell do I need to sell to cover those expenses? And then figure out based on the size of my email list, my social media following, my network – how many of those do I realistically think I can sell and figure out a plan? It's not going to be perfect. You're probably not going to predict it exactly right. You might sell a little less. You could sell a hell of a lot more. But giving yourself some sort of focus (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's not just like, I guess I'll just sell a crap load. And it's like, well, what's a crap load? I want some focus. I want intention. So then once you have, here's the expenses I want to cover. Here's the amount of units of whatever my thing is, whether it's the amount of customers you need for your service or the amount of units of your course you need to sell. Then from there, you go, okay. Okay. How long is that money going to last me? And then start to put out a schedule and a plan for how often do you want to be promoting? And again, if you're a service-based business, you don't really ever have to stop promoting. So it might just be, I want to bring in one new client a month, every single month for the rest of this year. Or it might be, I know that based on the amount of expenses I have every month for this year, for this first launch, I want to sell X amount of units, but then I'm going to have to sell however many more you need to cover your expenses for the rest of the year and some. And a lot of the times, if you're only trying to cover your expenses, you don't have to sell that much to get there. So then that's when you can start to go, oh, okay. Then what if I sold 10 more than that, 50 more than that, 100 more than that? What would that look like? And what is it going to take for me to get that offer in front of the amount of people I need to get it in front of? In order to make those sales, it's really that simple. You can be scrappy, you can be reactive and respond to whatever the market or your customers are telling you you need to do. When something's not working, pivot, do something that is working. But the reality is, have a plan of attack. How often do you need to be launching based on your expenses? Map that out for the year and then you can start to fill in the gaps around what do I need to be doing in between these bigger launches or bigger promotions in order to get my audience bigger so each time I'm putting my offer out there, there's more potential customers for me to be selling to. And it doesn't really have to get more complicated than that. What are your expenses? how much you need to sell to cover those expenses. And then how much do you need to sell in order to go beyond that and start to build a business that's going to support you and your family.
1: Love it. Parker, thank you so much for coming on again.
2: (laughs) No, thank you for having me. It's one of my favorite places to be is getting to talk with you both on the show. So thank you.
1: Can you let everyone know where they can hang out and learn more from you online?
2: Yeah. If you go to evolvefinance.com, we have a podcast, especially for those of you who are already, you know, have a business where you're starting to make some money throughout the year. It is somewhat financy, but it's also connected to how we run our businesses and the business models that we're putting together, that it's the type of information I wish someone would have told us, you know, when you start thinking about becoming (laughs) entrepreneurs. So check out our podcast, even if you're not ready to be one of our clients, because I think it's going to reveal a lot about entrepreneurship maybe other people aren't talking about.
1: For sure. All right. Thank you.
2: Thanks.
0: Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today.